A girl should be two things. Who she is and what she wants. A woman who understands her worth, value and potential is powerful. She creates the world she wants, nurtures those around her and transforms power into the change she wants to see. Each time a woman stands up for herself, she stands up for all women. We all have a Wonder Woman inside of us and without the struggle, she will not stumble across her strengths. So in this series, we talk to the women who have chosen to stand and represent her constituents in the wards of the Sutherland Shire Council to prioritise the needs of people who live here. And each one does not believe her gender is a barrier, but they have seen and felt the disrespect, unfairness and dismissiveness of men in power and know that equality and inclusion is possible when we understand power is not given to you, it's something you already have. It's about taking what you have and using it to create what you want. We dive deep into why they ran for the most recent council elections and what they hope to achieve in the next three years. Okay, so here we are with Leanne Farmer, our Sutherland Shire councillor. Welcome. I'm going to dive straight in and ask, what made you want to become a local member of the council? I think what made me want to do it is that I've been asked for a number of years because I've been um, I've been advocating for the for the community for a fair few years now, um, and I think what happened is that the more we got closer to the election, the more people were saying to me that they weren't going to vote at all. And that really just was rock, just shattered me. I was just like, we can't be getting to that. Um, community spirit is a really big thing for me, um, probably because of my business I own and everything else that I do and what I've done through my entire life. So for me, it got to about five weeks out and I was with some people that has been, that have been helping me with Munro Park. And we, I just turned around and said, I'm going to stand. And I think everybody just was like, you're kidding me. It's five weeks out, Leanne. And I said, well, I can't, I can't let people have no one to vote for. And if we're going to go into that, that's, I've got to choose something to change that. So at least if I give someone to vote for and we'll just see where the, the cards fall. Um, so yeah, so I decided five weeks out, stood. Um, I got a really good reception. Uh, I think everybody was coming in and saying to me that they really resonated with what was on my my signage and my leaflets and uh, yeah lo and behold I got in so here I am and uh, I've been here now since um, got signed in on in the beginning of January. Leanne Farmer is the councillor for Award and runs as an independent. Councillor Farmer is the owner and operator of a community-based in-home care and childcare provider, which supports families with NDIS funding and provides qualified carers to assist families with matters of everyday life. She is committed to creating genuine connections in the community with a focus on advocating to assist young families, children and the elderly. In this interview, she shares with me her motivation to be one of the 15 councillors and one of seven women who were elected to the positions in early 2021. 
She also explains the roles and responsibilities she has as a representative on several of the standing committees and how women can become involved in politics despite what they have been subjected to over the years. Councillor Farmer wants to find a balance between preserving and respecting the beauty of the Sutherland Shire whilst also sustaining the services needed by residents during development. Leanne's family and friends are her greatest support and have rallied to create the change they all want to see. So we've just done, um, I've just gone to our second committee meeting and I just chaired my first traffic and, and traffic and safety committee this morning. Um, so that's where I was this morning, um, trying to work out, yes, things that are going on. And uh, so far, so good. Um, I've got to say the staff are fantastic. Mm -hmm. The directors and the managers up there are just mind blowing. They really are. I, they're so helpful. It's really been um, it's really been a really good insight to see the other side of what's happening because we always know there's two sides to every story. <laughs> Normally three. <laughs> <laughs> True, <laughs> but only two. Really, if we get to say. <laughs> so now, for the people that don't know what your area is do you want to explain the ward that you cover and so that they can they know exactly who you what you're looking after okay so ward a so ward a is Cornell, bundina cronulla woolware and then it sort of goes up into Karingba, and this is where it starts to get a little bit convoluted and hard for people to understand because we go all the way down to lily pilly on the eastern side of Port Hacking Road. And then we go down to halfway through one of the streets and then we just sort of cut off. So it's a little bit different to what most people think. Um, so the council, state elections and federal, they all got different boundaries. So Ward A, that's what we go into. So my, my main areas, of course, are being Cornell, Bundina, Cronulla, Woolworth, Port Hacking. Yeah, and ha and have you lived here your the whole time? Have you where have you where have you come from? Like, what's I'm born and bred <laughs> in A Ward. I've lived overseas for a short while, but I really am. I know Cronulla and Ward A completely. I was born down on Barney Bay. I was really lucky that my parents lived down on the water, um, and I went to Barney Bay School, where my children went to school, and my niece is daughter's just started so we're third generation at Barney Bay School. I volunteered and taught at Barney Bay so I put together a golfing program there many many years ago and uh, so yeah I do know this area really well. I'm, I live in South Cronulla but I have friends and business um, families in all parts of the Shire so I do know the whole parts of the Shire because that's where mm. I actually work. I work within the Shire. So I do know the Shire really well. So you have a passport to get out then? I like my passport. <laughs> I do. <laughs> what have been some of the significant changes that you've seen to the area since you've been here in your lifetime? Oh, in my lifetime. Um, well, I think like everybody, um, the development, um, the, like when I was a child, I used to live, look across the road at Woolaway Road and it was trees and there'd be one house. Now, if you're down there, it's like 10 houses. So that sort of development that's gone through over and over, I think 
Um, like Bundina has changed a lot as well. Um, I'd like to try and think that we can keep that village atmosphere out there for them because it's really a beautiful sector of, of the Shire. Uh, Kernel growing all the time, mm. just so big and just has so much potential out there. And that is being starting to be really well known. Uh, Cronulla, and I think the, to me, I, everybody knows, I, I'm not about, I'm not against development. I'm just about sustainable development. And I haven't seen that in the last seven years. The last seven years we've gone too far and I'd like to see us pull back a bit to give us time to be able to put the infrastructure in that's needed. And have you found that the, we have a lot, obviously a lot more people than we did, mm. um, you know, 50 years ago? Um, and has the population changed? Do you find that it's it's still, I mean, it's still very, we're sort of known for Anglo-Saxon sort of population. Oh, yeah. um, but has there been a little bit of a change in that, do you think? Oh, I think there has. I think there has. Um, I'm Italian descent, so way back, but I am. Um, I think that there's a lot more different um, cultural backgrounds here, which is fantastic. I think the thing that we are becoming more and more in affluent that's the big thing like that we're a very affluent part of sydney of the greater sydney um and that's where our prices our homes it's we've always been quite expensive like when i was young um you know you went and bought out in ingadine and back in those days people used to say oh i'm not gonna come and visit you that's like a packed lunch and it's like really <laughs> and you look back now you go well, it's nothing like that now because, yeah, but that's what it was like. Yeah. Say, it say still can be a 45-minute trip. Oh, well, isn't anywhere in the shop. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, minutes. the whole destination <laughs> is 45 minutes now. Just allow that. I know. Depending, and this is the thing, is that we've got to try and look at ways to deal with that. So that's mm. why I'm a chair of the traffic committee and um, both of them, but the traffic forum and the standing committee for safety. And, and, and I'm really, really... Um, keen to find ways of trying to rectify that. I was a very big supporter of the SCADL, the Sutherland to Cronulla Active Transport Link that we have just got really good news on because they were trying to take that out of the rail corridor and put it out onto, the state government was, and trying to put that out onto, um, out onto the Kingsway, which was just been a nightmare. We just, it wouldn't have worked. So they've actually said that they're going to keep it on the rail corridor. And that's what we need to do. We need to change people's attitude that if you can get on a bike or, you know, or, or even an electric bike, mm. you know, that's that's what we've got to do. We're in, we're, we're one great big peninsula with all these little arms, our peninsulas out. We need our cars. We do. Mm. Because we're very sporting in our area. So we, it's to say that a family will just have one car it just it won't work but we've got to be utilizing our cars better and try and change our attitude because we're never going to be able to do it because we just don't have the road space to do it yeah I can see. true so on that what would you think the biggest challenge for the council is at the moment i think the council has to take a really good look at what how we develop what we develop and how we sustain that. That's the biggest issue we've got because we don't have area to move on. 
um, the state government are putting through something at the moment to sort of put a blanket over the whole of the Greater Sydney saying that this is what you need for high residential, this amount of car space. Well, that might work in the inner city, but what the inner city might work doesn't work out here and it's not going to work out west either mm. because we all have different needs and different um, areas to try and cover. So this is where I think they need to, that's to me is one of the biggest things that council have to do is we have to try and lobby the state government, whoever that is, and even if it changes, to sort of say, this is where we really need to have a better look and understand the, the Greater Sydney, that we all can't be put under one umbrella. It just doesn't work. The same as it doesn't work on the Northern Beaches. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. And and how do you deal with, like, you've obviously got a lot of people coming up to you telling you what they want, um, knowing that you're on the council now. How do you take that, those ideas? Like, what does that big funnel of how, you know, Sutherland Shire people want the Sutherland Shire to be? Well, I suppose for me, because I've been such a big part of the community and I'm just talking to people over the number of years, I know what people are wanting to do. So, and they... And to me, it's like the biggest thing we've got to do is listen and really, and then communicate. Because I think that's, you know, it's communication is the key to everything, as we, everybody always says, but whether or not you put that into practice. Um, it's got to flow. It's got to flow, yeah. <laughs> Can't just be talking at the wall. No, and you've got to listen to what people are saying. Well, I suppose for me, because I've been such a big part of the community and I'm just talking to people over the number of years, I know what people are wanting to do. So, and they, and to me, it's like the biggest thing we've got to do is listen and really, and then communicate. Because I think that's, you know, it's communication is the key to everything. As we, everybody always says, but whether or not you put that into practice. Um, it's got to flow. It's got to flow, yeah. <laughs> Close. Can't just be talking at the wall. No, and you've got to listen to what people are saying. At the moment, we've got a real problem, like all um, like all industry at the moment, is getting staff. It's the biggest issue at the moment. And at the moment, we're very down in our planning, and our planning is probably about 70% of our council. It's a very big part, and they work really hard. And we've just got to change, educate people. I think it's one of the biggest things I found from the pre-poll is that people don't understand the difference between council, state, federal. I agree. I have no idea. <laughs> and it's amazing how Jurisdictions. Many... That's what we call them, jurisdictions. Where yeah, does that belong? Yeah, and it's, I thought it was really sad actually when I saw some young people come in and they just go, I have no idea. Nobody taught me this at school. What's this all about? And I thought, that's a real that's a real negative. Yeah, we need and I work for the education department now. So it's definitely something that we need to put in to our curriculum so that children understand. Or children that just walk in and they go, I'm voting with whatever my parents did. Oh, isn't that that's Yeah. A- and I think we've all done that over the years, but it's really like in this day and age we should have a much better handle on it. Mm. Our children should have a much better handle on it. And I don't think it's the same as what it was when our parents went through either because our policies are different because the world's different. Oh, so totally. I don't think the parties have got the same policies that they had 30 years ago. Oh, no, they're nothing. So it's not, yeah, it's not the same. 
No, no, it's not. It's not. And that's probably why, for me, I stood as an independent because I wanted to make sure that, for me, independents are really, really important in local council because it shouldn't be about party politics. It should be just about what the community wants. You're there to represent the community and party politics shouldn't come into it. And Mm. I've seen how already how that can't, that's a real negative and that's a shame. But that is the what we've got at the moment. But I do see a shift from the two-party two policy. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I know years ago, and I'm talking a long time ago because I'm not young, is that um, back when there was the, the Democrats were in, like, and it was mm. a really big thing. And... And I, I've never been a person to just stick to one party. I'm not a one because they've changed all the time and it's not about just the person who's leading it because that's the thing. If everybody thinks it's just, oh, a lot of Australians have a tendency to vote for the person who's leading, but it's not. It's got to be about the whole thing and I think that's where people don't understand. And I'm, I remember when I decided to stand and my, you know, my son said to me, oh, mum, you're going to be a politician. And I said... <laughs> He's, he's turning 30 this year and I said, no, I'm not. He goes, well, don't kid yourself, Mum. You're going to be a politician. And I said, I'm a community representative. I see, he said, Mum, you're a politician. And that really sort of hit home because, I, to me, I don't want to think like that, mm. you know. That's not the – and I don't want to think like that. I want to think that I'm here to listen to what people have to say, listen to, to what the council can and can't do because there's – a lot of misconception what the council can and can't do. Jurisdictions. Jurisdictions, yeah, yes. that's state government. They have a lot of jurisdiction over us. So yes. that's where <laughs> people don't always stand, understand that. And it goes over all aspects of the council, mm. yeah. So on that, um, you're a woman. Oh, We've yeah. now got seven of them in the council, um, which is the first time ever. So great. Um, what, what does that look like for the future? And tell me the difference it can make. Well, I think, as we all know, women tend to, t- to think totally different to men. <laughs> That'll get me into trouble. Um, <laughs> di- you said different. You didn't say Yeah, I know. Better. I, you I, said different. I know, different. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think we have a totally different way of doing things and I think it's great. I think it's great. Mm. I haven't found any issues with that so far. Yeah, we've got... Um, We've got seven women and eight men, so we're pretty close to, yeah, yeah, we've just got to get one more and we get the balance of power. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> Look, it's not always an alliance either, is there? Oh, it's definitely no. about personality and, and and you know, um, what they bring to the table. Oh, absolutely. And mm. that goes the same for everybody. It does go the same for everybody. But then it's also too about for a lot of those people is what they're, parties are telling them they've got to do yeah mm. and that's the that's just the way it works and I just don't agree with that I, I think you know I don't to be honest I'm going to put my hand up I'm not a fay with everything that happens in when it comes to state and federal um it's just never been something that I've been heavily involved in but I've always been involved in the community and that's what led me to where mm. I am now well, it's a full-time job, really, knowing what goes on in state and what goes on in federal. So, and even then, you don't. And know. even yeah, because they don't know. 
<laughs> Sometimes they're a bit out there. And I wanted to say what sort of part the media play in that as well because there is a lot of um, messages going out all the time. So how do you control your narrative about what it is that you're trying to achieve? I think you've just got to go in there with, yeah. an, with an open mind, an open heart and and try your best. That's all you can do. You can't you can't go in there thinking I'm going to change the world in five seconds because that's unrealistic, <laughs> even in my world. Um, my mum, my mum, lover, she used to call me a bulldog, and I used to say to her, "Mum, some children would probably find that quite distressing <laughs> that their mother calls them a bulldog." And she said, "Yeah, but if I ever want anything done, I just turn to my bulldog because you'll always do your absolute." And so. Um, she passed um, 18 months ago and I know that she would be just like, yep, you're exactly where you need to be. Because I had been asked for years and years and I had talked to her about that and she was my inspiration. She was, you know, I call her, she was my woman of substance, my mum. She uh, she won Miss Silver City to get out of Broken Hill back just after the war, um, came down to Sydney and... Uh, yeah, and both my mother and my father were very community-minded, both life members of Town Point Bowling Club. My father was president of Blueware Golf Club. I was mm. on the committee of Blueware Golf Club. I was a, a golfer, very heavily involved with golf. You might have known my grandparents. Oh, really? The Bournes, Alan and Pauline Bourne. Oh, that name rings a bell. Yeah. They were big on the golf course and... Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, well... I was very heavily involved with Bulaware Golf Club mm. and that's why the principal of Barony Bay asked me to put in a golfing program. So, wow. yeah, so, yeah, I had connections with Jack Newton um, Junior Golf and they've got the best junior golf program. Um, this was some years ago and I, yeah, and I said, sure, I can do this and I took the children out every Friday for sport and... <laughs> took them down a Woolaware golf course and good old Barry Bent was, he was very accommodating and, uh, yeah, we set up a whole thing and the children loved it and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So, yeah, it's always, children have always been a passion for me um, and that's probably why my business is what it is. Yes. Do you want to tell me about that? Yeah, okay. So my business is called Mummy Me Time. Um, it was named that... Um, for time out when you need it. And then I changed it a number of years later to say miracles to mayhem because when it's, you have a child, it's a miracle, <laughs> and then it turns into absolute mayhem. And um, I started out, um, I've been involved with children, oh, it's got to be at least 25 years. Yeah, so um, I've got three different parts of my business. Um, I've got my normal mummy me time that just helps everyday mums and families mums and dads, through the Shire and St George. I'm also a New South Wales government in-home childcare provider, which is run through the, um, through the education department, and that's there to help frontline workers. So any of you... Oh, finally. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Where were you when I needed that? I know. But see, so many of them still don't know. It just blows my mind. Well, we'll be uh, sending the link straight to the commissioner because that's exactly what she needs to know about. Yeah. And so we do all the paramedics, the nurses, um, police. Um, and so we help them work through their shifts and 
help them to sort of do what they need to do. It's also there for children who, for whatever reasons, might not be able to go into childcare for the first X amount of years of their lives. Um, I'm also an NDIS provider. So I help special needs, which I have a bit of a passion for. Mm. Um, inclusion is a very big thing for me. My daughter is a qualified childcare and, and disability, qualified disability worker. So she has a real passion for it. And she's been doing that for 18 years. So, yeah. So that sort of, I think, um, has made, and I've, you get to see the beauty in, in, in all children. So that's, that's actually been the other thing too for me is, um, I can do the whole of New South Wales, but I don't. I just do Southern Shire and St George. And and I employ, well, at the moment it's 55 staff. So they come from all, they come from either education, childcare, uh, medical or allied health. And I've got, I've got 53 women and one man who is exceptional um, and I'm really big on helping them get through university. So they come to me with a couple of years experience, whether it be tertiary and life skills, and then I help them get through the rest of it. Mm. And um, they come out of their, they come out of their course having that life school that they wouldn't normally have. And I think that's really, really important because then you've got a much more um, holistic attitude and approach to everything. And then I've got so many of my childcare workers who get a bit disillusioned within the system and then they come and they work and they help out. So it's been very, very rewarding and I've got to meet so many of the community through that. Mm. So that's been a really big thing. And I've got to thank Scott Morrison for that. And I don't mind saying that because back in the day when Scott was um, communities, communities minister, yeah, he actually looked at the in-home childcare program and he wanted to change it. He wanted to make it more accessible for frontline workers, probably because of, I don't know, maybe because of Jen. Mm. Yeah, but um, I was headhunted to do it. I took one look at it and just went, oh, this is terrible. I wouldn't do this. <laughs> I said, oh, which, which minister looks after this? And they said, uh, Scott Morrison. I went, oh, well, that's interesting. He happens to be my federal minister. <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, as you do, I ran into him at Woolworths at Gary Bar. Of course you did. Oh, of course, you know. It was like the next day. Because like, he could do that then. I know. He could do that then. It was mm-hmm. lovely. He was there, Jen and the girls. And... Uh, uh, we just, he started talking to me and I said, uh, I talked to him about the Nanny Pilot Program and he went, what's it like? I went, it's rubbish. And he went, oh, well, come down and talk to me. Mm. So he came down and, yeah, and he changed it. So, you know. It's one conversation. There you go. It can change all, the whole, whole thing. Exactly. It's that's amazing. so true. See, my attitude is it's not what you can't do, it's what you can do and you've got to keep trying and find a way find to do it. Find a way. Exactly. And I was, it's interesting. I was just talking to someone, um, Bron Williams. She's a, a bias specialist for International Women's Day next week. And we were talking about the exact same thing, how we think that just because it's always been like this, that's the way that it has to be done. When people have got new ideas coming all the time, mm. we just have to give them the space to share and it could actually solve the problem. I totally believe in that. Yeah. Totally believe in that. It's, it's always the way I've done it. Yeah. And I think that is that's what probably drives me is it's just that attitude of, yep, let's just get in there, have a look, listen. Like that's what I do now. I sit mm. and I talk to the staff because they're the people who are actually, they've got the knowledge and, um, yeah, and it's just 
that's what I think they're fantastic. And listen to hear, not to respond or not to object. Yes, yes, totally. Yeah, fine. Listen to what they're saying because that language that they're speaking might not be the same as yours. So you've really got to work out. Yeah, what and it is ask the question. Mm, I love good questions. Well, there's no, no bad question. I always tell my staff yeah. that. And that's good the questions. thing. There is no bad, there is no silly question. There is no bad question. A question, if you've got a question, ask it. Mm. Yeah, and my staff know that. So, yeah, and so um, it's it's a very important thing to let everybody know that if you've got, because then it, one question can lead to another question and then it then can open up a whole lot of dialogue and that's where you get to have the best solutions because you're listening to other people's attitudes and what they think. Yeah. Well, I think that covers my question on how you deal with objections. (laughs) I will listen to you and then I will consider it. (laughs) You have to. You have to do that in the job that I'm in now, that's for sure. Yeah. And how? talk to me about balance then. This work-life balancing always um, throws everyone out, especially when you take on a new role such as counsellor for your local shire. What's it looking like now for you every day on the weekends because, you know, you're at an emergency meeting this morning, um, that sort of stuff's going to come up all the time because you're dealing with the community. Oh, yeah, and you've got all this. You've got the social engagements that are really important as part of the, mm. as being a counsellor. Well, it's just being there, heard. yeah. It's it's having that having that connection to the community. You've got to, you, know, you need to be there. It's very important. And to go to the precinct meetings and listen to what people are in, like whether it be Bundina or whether it be Cornell, um, I was a really big part of North Cronulla Precinct Committee. They're a great committee that have really been advocates for many different things. Um, was a member of Chamber of Commerce for Cronulla and I go there now. And I think all those things are really important is to go and to listen to what people are talking about. Yeah, just being involved. And, and, and like, how do we find out about those? Because I'm sure that there's a lot of people that would like to become a part of the community but, and, you know, whether they've moved here or they've been here all their life. But how do you how do you get involved in that sort of stuff? For those that don't really have those social connections or do they need an invitation to that oh, sort of stuff? absolutely not. Oh, no. Good, so <laughs> no, they don't need an invitation. They just need to. And I think that's the hardest part is that for some people they might find that a little bit intimidating, but there's nothing intimidating about them. Mm. It's really, an, and it's everybody is really happy for people to turn up and become involved and find out how we can fix and rectify better than standing on the sideline. You know, that was one of the things that used to get me when I used to, when my children were playing sport, is that both my husband and I were both, he was head coach and I was head manager of a club, a soccer club. And it was like, if somebody said to me, oh, I can't stand this, uh, you know, I, you know that coach isn't doing something else, I'd say, well, do you want to get in? Have a go. I've got no problem. And that's the thing is it's like, don't stand on the sideline. If you think you've got something to, to, to contribute, Contribute because that's how we make it a much better world that we live in. Mm. It's that real cliche of you do one little thing. If everybody did one little thing, how much better would the world be? Well, that's community though, isn't it? Like we all sort of come together and do our bit and everyone has a role or a responsibility and then it's suddenly, oh, there it is. It's created. And I've found so many people from from me trying to. Um, I think most a lot of people know that I've been trying to save um, Munro Park. Um, that's where I got very a lot more people got to know who I was. Mm. Um, I believe that that area needs to be developed, but I just believe it needs to be done very since 
this is a very sensitive area and we need to make sure, like someone wrote to me this morning and said to me, how could we lose those trees? And it's like, well, I know um, any development there will put some uh, issues on those trees. It's it's inevitable, but it's really trying to make sure that we really look after that. And that park is iconic. Mm. And I'm trying to get the rest of the council to understand, the council representatives, to have that understanding of what it means to the community. There's a couple of things that we've lost here. The Women's Rest Centre. Yes. That's a really big thing. To me, we need a community centre mm. because we need to to get our community together. Our aged need to have somewhere where they can be. Having them there with younger mums and dads is really perfect. We know that. We do that. We make, you know, we take elderly into preschools or we bring preschools into el- into the elderly because we know that mentally it's so much better for both of them. Mm. And that's what we need to that's what we need to do in our community. Once we took away that women's rest centre, that was a really big blow to the community. And that was said to me over and over and over. Yeah, I've heard that numerous times. Oh, yeah, it is. And people, some people don't like to listen to that, but it's like you need to listen to that. Mm. And I think if COVID's done anything, it's it's really segregated. Like it's really caused for myself because I do, um, I did have an elderly parent and I still do have friends with um, who have got parents in that age group. And then... Also with the community, with watching mums who never got to have that mother's group and things like that. And children, I'm seeing just the the, the difference and the mental um, strain on some of them because it's you just miss out on that norm, normality that was there. And well, we motherhood lost is so isolating anyway. Yes. It, you know, it suddenly takes you out of a workspace. It puts you in with this person that doesn't speak and... <laughs> who is completely dependent. And I think, yeah, I mean, I used to look forward to my Tuesday mother's group every morning and, you know, and it rolled around very quickly. Like it was amazing that, you know, maybe that was just all you needed. But then I started going on a Thursday because the coffee was good. <laughs> and the chats were great. The chats were great. And it made you feel normal. Like you, went, yeah. you were all going through the similar things. And some of my longest friends, I've got one down who lives down the snowy now, Kath, hi. Um, I've known her nearly 22 years. Because mm. of that, like, you know, and that's a huge connection. It is. Yeah. And they've, they've lost that. Yeah. They haven't had that. And that's that's been a real loss, mm. a real loss for, for the mums oh, and the dads. Well, let's hope you can do something about that. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm really trying. Let I'm, us know what that looks yeah, like. I'm, oh, I can feel that head banging already, but yes. I'm going to. Look, absolutely. Yeah. I just think it, it's we need to do something. And we also need to do it for them all mm. because oh. the foot traffic that we've lost from that. And we really need to. Um, I have a meeting coming up with the master plan, so which I'm really looking forward to, uh, and trying to have a look at where you know where that's up to, how we get that moving forward. Um, I've also said that I'd like to see um, after the master plan is done, after we do the tiling and everything else, that we actually paint the buildings in the mall. Um, so that that can be a joint effort between the council. Um, we've always had a levy on those. We've had a levy for the last, I think it's 20 years for all those businesses. 
So there's a lot of money brought into the council. They're going to kill me for this. Um, but I do believe that we should be looking at we've got beautiful facades on some of mm. our on some of the those buildings. I remember when it was um if you I'd look, like to see the pastels come back. I think that that oh, was so would I. That was so surfy when it was I know. when it was in. It just sort of fit the area really really well. Yeah, I I'm right with you, Pip. I totally agree with that. <laughs> um, and everybody says, "Oh, bright colors." I'm like, oh, no, "No, no, no. We're we would, seaside, baby." Yeah, We're I know. Seaside. I know. And see, if we did it properly, then we it could be it would bring people in. Yeah. What we have to do then is we have to supply somewhere for them to park mm. or somewhere how to get there. You know, the active transport link, it's, look, it's, it's years away, but it's something that we've always got to look for the future. Yeah. And that would be something where if you could put your children on a bike and they all ride down and we come down and we, you know, there's somewhere for them to sit down and, you know, I'm I'm really interested to see. I know we've done it and done it and done it over and over. The council has. I've been on the forums for it where they first wanted to do it to put like a um, a water feature, and I was like, uh, no, I don't see that as being really good between wet children and shops. Don't really match together. That was my argument, um, and then. One of the consultants said to me, um, "But we need to have somewhere for children to play." And I said, "We have a beach," and he said, uh, "Yeah, but for children who are too young to go to a beach." And I went, "What child's too young to go to a beach? I don't know. That doesn't sit. No, I don't understand. That. I'm sorry." So, and I said, "If they're too young for the beach, they they shouldn't be near a water fountain." So that that's been scrapped, which is great. I'd really well like... argued, I might add. Oh, <laughs> well, it's well negotiated, I should say. Well negotiated. Well, it's you know, I wasn't the only one, but I it's 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 that kind of sort of common yeah. sense, you know. I, Personally, I'd love to see like a fountain as a feature that had start, had a, something to sit around so that people could sit around because water is calming. Mm. And people always say, oh, yeah, then you get the users are going to walk through it and all that. Well, you know, you can't pander to that. You've got to look at the bigger community. If you had a lovely fountain, the thing that I suppose for me um, – I've gone back over to Europe many, many times, and so many Australians do, is that we could really have um, make that same sort of attitude that they have over there, which draws people in mm. and that real community feel. It's atmosphere. It is. It's atmos. That's, as soon as you get that atmos, people go, oh, that's where I want to be. And they people watch. Nothing yes. better than, you know, to sit down and have a coffee. and Glasses on. Yeah, it brings people in. <laughs> and that's what you need to do in, in a place like Cronulla Mall. And we've got plenty of entertainers in this shire, the very talented people oh, here. absolutely. <laughs> you love to put on a show. I know. I used to see them. When, when, I look, I see them all the time. I always say, hi, how are you going? Throw a bit of coin in there. When, yeah. The biggest problem for me is I don't carry What's a wallet so much anymore? So with coins, you just don't have it. No, you know, and uh, I don't even carry cash anymore. That's a bit of a problem. Mm. So, but they're just some—they're great people, great yes. characters. They—they they bring so much. Yeah. yeah, lots of atmosphere. Yeah. Now I want to ask you about pathways for women in politics. I, don't, I you know, I know that you're a community member. Um, 
But what ways can you see that we can get maybe younger people interested in politics or the community um, that they're living in? Like, have, have, have they looking at any programs where they can take young women under their wing and sort of show them what it looks like? Are there interested people in the council? No, I don't think that's the sort of way that they deal with it's. It's like it's it's done through the parties, or you do like myself, and you mm. become like an independent. There's also Laura Laura Cow that's an independent out at um, out in Menai Way. Yes, um, we've spoken with Laura. Yes, yes, yes. So, I think it's. I think they're all aware, and it's really about education, as I said from the start, that mm. we really need to. Educate our, our our youth to let them know that this is there is a, a you know um, availability and that we're not going to it's not as horrible as it's all made out to I'm sure and I'm not I'm not saying anything against the, everything that's gone on because I have absolutely no doubt I've I've watched enough to know that what women have gone through in politics mm. has been really yeah and that that has to change and change dramatically. And I think that it's more about if you get women in and women supporting women. That's the big thing, supporting yeah. women. You know, we've got to make sure we support each other when we get in there. Yeah, because men do tend mm. to have that natural, I don't really care who he is, that bloke, but he's I'm, a bloke. And it's a secret sort of handshake that we don't, we, that women really don't know about, but we know exists. Um, and I'll just back him up because of that. And it's not, I think it's just a natural thing. It's not, it's like, you know, um, but women don't tend to have that as no, much. Don't. We don't sort of go, oh, I'll back her. It's not like, oh, you know, she's, you know, if we get told she's crazy, oh, she's crazy. Or, you know, she's hysterical or, you know, um, and we sort of tend to believe that rather than asking the question, I wonder why. Yeah, very true. Mm. It's I, I think it's it's a change of attitude. It's like it's horrible to say, but when women go to women's school, when girls go to girls' school, it's not pretty. <laughs> when boys are at boys' school, they get that camaraderie, mm. and that's that's and what I'm talking about. It's, it's somewhere it's, there, isn't it? Like it, it is, and we've got to get that. We've got to get that installed, but that's that's a whole nother issue. So then, but what it does is it flows on. Mm. It flows on. I don't see it up in the council. I don't. But then, um, I've known like Digi Steinwell. I've known her for a long time. Jen Armstrong. I know Jen. Mm. Um, so Marcel's only young. She's only really young, and she's coming in. So it's good to see young people coming in. And, and Laura, she's not, she's only young. Mm. So awesome conversation. But I do want to ask you, how have you got to being who you are today? Where did it all start? I think it started with the fact that I had a mum who was um, an incredible human being. Um, she was just not my mum. She was my mentor and she was also my best friend until she passed away at 96 a couple of years ago. She um, came out of the war and came down and she was just an incredible human being. Both my parents had did a lot of community work. But I think the things that probably changed me in my lifetime was I went to live in the highlands of New Guinea when I was 17 going on 18 and 
back in those days, it was in 19, I'm going to show my age here, 19, <laughs> this is terrible, uh, 1975, and it was the year of independence for New Guinea. And going over to the Highlands where I was the only one with blonde hair, they were just like, who is, what is this, pulling out my hair and anything else like that. But just seeing how we as, we as white people treated the Indigenous people and it was really that didn't sit well with me. And so after living there for nine months, that really changed my attitude. Um, and then I got the bug to travel which is what happens, mm-hmm. and I have that's what I mean. I've lived here, but I have travelled overseas extensively. And on a trip overseas, I was happy. I was just talking to someone about this yesterday, um, due to the what's happening over in Europe at the moment. But I was actually at the um, Berlin Wall, and I back in you know, and in and it was I went into East Berlin. And it was like there was no difference. There was no – it was bombed out. There was no birds. There was no trees. There was no mm. nothing. And this is in 1978 and it was really quite, um, you know, eye-opening because you travel all through Europe. Then you get to this. And when I was um, – came back out of East Berlin and I was standing at um, – on the wall, all of a sudden the um, sirens went off. And I'd been watching this guy that was sitting up in a building, looking out, no no balconies, no nothing. They just had, and he was watching all of us on this side of the wall going around everywhere, and he was stuck there. And that really just was something that really resonated with me, and I was just like, how lucky I am. Then all of a sudden the sirens went off, and there was a whole lot of people around me. And another guy came on a hang glider, and he landed, and then they disappeared, and they saved him. And that changed my life. Wow. Because that was like, oh, my goodness. And we had a South African girl with us and she wasn't able to come into East Germany because of her passport. And then you realise how lucky you are Mm. to be Australian. So those kind of things, I think, shaped me to who I am, to believe that you can do anything you just and and traveling around the world and realizing like a lot, like everybody most people do how lucky we are to live in australia mm. we are really blessed um but it also makes you realize things that happened in your life that make you who you are and i think that's what made people have said to me you've always been so independent so confident and all that and i'm thinking oh, i don't really know that i've ever felt like that but it was just who i was but i think those two things really at a young age really shaped me into wanting to make life, make, wanting to make the world better and that, as I said before, that little cliche of mm. if we all did one little thing, it's amazing and those things, yeah, that's what changed me. And I think having, yeah, having that great family around me, I was so very lucky and not everybody gets that. Yeah. No. But, and I think travel is the key to a lot of independence because you do have to work out situations as you're going along. Oh, and absolutely. the best laid plans are always have always got to have some sort of contingency and just teaches you to be flexible and meet new people and really accept people for who they are. And the, and this also respect the the laws of the land, you yeah. know, and what well why they've got those particular restrictions in place. Um, a lot happened before we came along. 
Oh, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I, yeah, and I think that's probably like most people, one of the things you miss now since the pandemic mm. is, you know, I'd love to get back out there and travel. But, you know, well, I can't at the moment because I'm a counsellor. Yes. So no travel. Uh, I have to fit it in between monthly meetings. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it would be pretty hard. But, um, yeah, I've been pretty blessed to do that. So that's probably what made me who I am today. And um, watching that that gentleman come over on a hang glider was probably the most – it still gives me chills when I think about it today. Because what do you think it meant for him? Oh, it was, yeah, everything. Yeah. Because and, – and I felt even even more, more horrified for that man sitting in the window just looking out and he's just watched this. But I turned around and that was the thing. He was yelling. I couldn't hear him but mm. I could see that he was yelling. So he, it gave him as much, you know, and for all of us that were standing there, it was just like, wow, did that just happen? Because mm. it did. It was like all of a sudden there was – we were there and then all of a sudden there was a whole lot of people and then he he landed and then they were gone. And he was just like, I can't believe that happened. Mm. But, yeah. It's like one life at a time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what it took for that man, what it would have taken for him to get out of there, yeah. And when that wall came down, it was the year my daughter was born. Oh. So, you know, I, ne- I never forget it. I was just like I can remember – yeah. Staring, I remember having her in my arms and and yelling at the TV as I'm watching them tear the wall down. Just just so so happy to see it happen. Yeah, I think freedom and independence sort of go hand in hand. Like, but I think it's one of the biggest things that people don't respect until they lose it. Oh yeah, you know they don't understand how precious it is. How being autonomous, making your own decisions, and taking responsibility for them is just so empowering. Um, and freedom is just that thing where you t- you go, oh, until I don't have it, I didn't know that I had it. Yeah. And I, that's why I think, yeah, I'd like to see, as we've touched on before, you know, I'd like to see more women believe that they can come into into politics mm. and make a difference. Yeah. You don't have to be associated with a party. Mm. You don't have to. You know, you can, if you've got your own beliefs and you're true to who you are, that's really all you need. Yeah. And priorities. Priorities. Yeah. Priorities. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And oh, thanks, where can we get in touch with you if you want if we want to share some I, of the ideas? Okay. So um, my email and telephone number is attached on the council website. Great. You can look me up on Leanne Farmer Counselor on Facebook and Instagram in Shire Independence on my website. So we put out a blog each month and, yeah, you can get in touch with us on all those platforms as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you so much for having me, Pip. It's been a great time. Thank you. We hope that this interview has given you more insight into the landscape of local government and the women who have stepped into the role of leadership This is an independent media production by ShirePod and Pip Radio. This is one of many interviews in our Women in Power series, and we'd love to know what you think. So please leave us a comment on Apple, Google or Podbean, or contact us via our website at www.sutherlandshirepodcaststation.com.au. Please share the episode with someone who you think might be interested, or you can contact our guest via the link in the show notes. We look forward to bringing you more via our channel on shirepod.podbean.com.